Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung. You're listening to Prophetic Perspective. This is an opportunity for you to be able to glean some information about current events in light of biblical prophecy. We're going to be listening to a portion of my audio series. It's a five-part, five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Babylon Factor, and it focuses on what is happening in modern-day Iraq and how that plays into the end-time prophecy that's laid out in the entire Word of God. Will you take a moment now, listen to this, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own individual copy of The Babylon Factor. Right now, let's listen to the study. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Genesis, Genesis and chapter 10. Let me just remind you what our goal is in our Bible studies together this week. We're going to endeavor to try to understand. I presented yesterday the similarities between Revelation chapter 18 and the events on September the 11th in New York City. I then emphatically made the statement that that is not the fulfillment. September 11th did not fulfill Revelation chapter 18. What I then said was that it simply set the stage for the fulfillment of Revelation 18. I believe that we are living in the atmosphere for the fulfillment of Revelation 18. That's our ultimate goal, to see how we are living in that atmosphere, what had to precede all of that, and how the stage has been set for it. And so that's where we're aiming. I then took you yesterday to look, after we looked at the similarities of Revelation 18 and September the 11th, we looked at the submission of Noah, his three sons, their four wives, as they started to bring forth people. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. God gave them then human government in a way that he could then govern the people that he was bringing into this new world. He had taken everyone else out of the world, In the great flood, that was a worldwide flood, and only eight souls left after that flood, he used speech, a gift that he had given these people for the purpose of communicating to them. And I mentioned that I believe it's the Hebrew language, and I think the text bears that out, and especially in light of the fact that there was a strand that was mentioned In chapter 10, when we talked about Shem and his descendants, and in chapter 10, it mentioned there in uh, verse 21, and unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, that which is the genesis for the word Hebrews, and Hebrew, and then you go over to chapter 11, verses 10 to the end of that chapter, from Shem to Abraham, ultimately, who is going to be in chapter 12, the one called to be the father of the Jewish nation. He is going to have the opportunity to preserve the Hebrew language. So it was a divine gift that God gave to these people. And he gave them instantaneous vocabulary, instantaneous understanding. But then Satan comes along with his subtle strategy. His demonic approach with this language is to cause all the people of the world to go against God at that point in time. We came then to the location where God comes down, the 
the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, verse 5, and the Lord came down in chapter 11, excuse me, verse 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, evidence of the Trinity. Let us go down there and confound their languages, and they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city." By the way, when he now confines their languages and gives them a new language, he does two things. Number one, he takes away their old language like that. They're not able to speak that one language they all spoke, which I believe is Hebrew. But indeed, they had a new language. That is how he divided mankind. He did it by languages. Not a line in the sand as a border, but by Language groups, that's how they were put and scattered across the face of the earth. And he gave them the new language, and as he did giving them the original language, he gave them an instant vocabulary, and they were able to communicate. And he divided the world by families as he did this. Who was he that did this? It was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who is given the responsibility of all judgment. John chapter 5, verse 25, Jesus Christ has all the judgment. And he was the one that came down, the person of the, of the Godhead who did this. Verse 9, therefore is the name of the place called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did he scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. You notice when God says to do something, if we don't do it, he takes care of it his way. Sometimes it's harder for us to be able to live in light of that. Now what I want to do today is look at what Nimrod started. He is going to set in place that which is going to be prevalent at the end times. And at the conclusion of this particular study, I'll talk to you about that. I want to look at Nimrod's two kingdoms that he establishes here. Chapter 11, we read this in verse 4. And they said, they said here, the they is the people that had followed Nimrod from Mount Ararat, which is located in eastern Turkey today, where Armenia, uh, where Russia comes together, where uh, Iran comes in there to the edge of Turkey. That is Mount Ararat. And he leads them from there, it tells us, in verse 2, and it came to pass as they journeyed from... From the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. Shinar was that plain between the two rivers in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia meaning the two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates River. It is modern day Iraq that we're talking about. That is the plain of Shinar. That's where they went. When they gathered there, look what he says in verse 4, all of them. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower. That's exactly what... Jesus, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit came to see in verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men did build. What he's establishing here with the city, he establishes a royal kingdom. And with the tower, he is establishing a religious kingdom. The two different elements that he is going to set in place that will be prevalent in the end times as is recorded in the book of Revelation. A one world government, the royal kingdom, and a one world religion, the religious kingdom. 
and he is going to set these in place. Now, governing man was God's idea. Satan is going to usurp that idea from God and ultimately try to accomplish his own goals. But it was God's idea. Look back in Genesis chapter 1 just for a second. We touched base with this yesterday. But let's just look again at what God did. He was setting up a way to govern man on the face of the earth. And his first operation of governance was a theocracy. In the end times, there will be a theocracy. Nobody asked me the question, and I was very surprised by it when I concluded our service yesterday talking about this Temple Mount in Jerusalem as being the site of the Garden of Eden. Because most Bible scholars I've ever heard said the Garden of Eden was located between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. And when I went to Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 8 to 10 yesterday, I talked about that holy mount as the Garden of Eden. And indeed, let me give you a little bit more evidence. I'm not going to speak on that necessarily, but let me give you a little bit more evidence. Where was the first theocracy? In the Garden of Eden. God established his government in the Garden of Eden. In chapter 1, verse 28, he is going to give dominion to all of creation to Adam. And this is the way he's going to govern at that point in time. But he did that at the Garden of Eden. By the way, where's the last theocracy going to be? Well, it's going to be headquartered on the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem. I gave you three proof texts that said they will return. And I'll give you those again. Isaiah 51, 3. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 3. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 35. They will return Jerusalem to the Garden of Eden. The traditional... Orthodox Jewish understanding is that the Temple Mount is the foundation stone where God created man. This helps you to focus in and start to understand why Jerusalem is going to be a cup of trembling, as Zechariah said, a a burdensome stone. But the first theocracy is in the Garden of Eden. He's going to start governing man by giving directive to Adam to have dominion over all of creation. He even allows, chapter 2, Adam to name all the animals. Since you have dominion over them, I've given you the gift of speech. You name all the animals. Chapter 3. Now Satan is going to use his subtle strategy to usurp from God this capability of governing. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen to this portion of a five-hour, five-part audio series on CD that is available. This is entitled The Babylon Factor. We've been focusing on Iraq and the continuing activities that are absolutely setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. The name of this series, The Babylon Factor, it's a must. If you have a friend there or know someone that has a family member or a friend in Iraq, they need to have this series entitled The Babylon Factor, which gives them a prophetic perspective on what is happening in that unique part of the world. This five-part, five-hour audio series on CD is available. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. Or go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. You can order your copy of The Babylon Factor by either calling or going to the website. I want to thank you for taking a few moments to study the prophetic scriptures with us. 
By the way, remember, everything we've talked about in this study indicates that Jesus Christ is coming soon. But the rapture takes place. That's the calling up of all of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It happens seven years before Babylon really comes to its conclusion. And that rapture could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...